You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Good morning. It's a little bit quiet. I'm going to try that again. Good morning. Oh, well done. Excellent. Well, I think it has stopped raining. But um, I, I, you know, there are some days when the car park team are out there and it's sunny and all is well. And uh, who knows that today our car park team were heroes. Uh, if you, uh, if, if you're part, in fact, if you serve, uh, come rain or shine on car park team, and you're in the room today, whether on today or not, would would you just for a moment stand? I, I know people serve in hundreds of teams across like different ways, but. Can we just say thank you to these guys? Awesome. Thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you. And and everyone else who serves in every way, God bless you all. Um, We also want to say a big thank you to those who helped to make uh, last, uh, yesterday, sorry, yesterday's AOG conference. We were the host of like a, a central area gathering, about 350 leaders here and just a brilliant team here, just serving their socks off. So many great comments from people coming about those of you who helped. I want to say a massive thank you to you. And we're excited. It's, it's only two weeks till our Vision Sunday. And uh, also, so National Leadership Team were here yesterday for our, uh, we're part of Assemblies of God, if you didn't know that. That's our denomination which along with Elin, the two uh, major Pentecostal denominations in our country. And this, this church has been AOG church really since its inception. And um, the national leadership team, one of their, their members, Denise Kagenvan, is going to be here in two weeks' time for our Vision Sunday. She's a great woman of faith and integrity, and uh, she's going to be here uh, preaching on our Vision Sunday. We're going to be excited about that. And, and hopefully, so I know uh, Esther's already mentioned about these little booklets. Hopefully, if you had one last week, you've had a chance to read it. If you haven't yet made time, if you put it down somewhere, maybe you lost it. Can't remember where it is. Um, get another one. It's okay. Uh, and we'd love you just to take a minute this week, grab a cup of tea or coffee or whatever your thing is. And read through it. It won't take you long. But this, it's, a, it's in part a celebration of what God has been doing here in the last season. Uh, and in part, it's, uh, it's a declaration of where we're headed. And in part, it's a preparation for two weeks' time. I, I did get a question from one of our boys last week. I think he's about six years old. And he came up to me very earnest with a booklet. And he said, I've, I've got a question. I've no idea what he's going to ask. And, and, he, and he opened it up to the, the opening page. He says, why are you not wearing your glasses? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I said, Joe, I didn't even think about that. I said, it's because it's a bit of an old photo, I think. And uh, he said, I've reached an age. I've reached an age where um, I've been, uh, had issues with my long sight for a long time. I wore contact lenses. And a couple of years ago, the optician said, uh, your, it's your near sight that's going to deteriorate. And I thought that was great news because I, I thought what was going to happen is I was going to hit a moment in time where I was going to have 20-20 vision again. But he said, no, no, you're stuffed both ways and you're going to need very focal. So I have, I have joined the ranks of the middle-aged and uh, I have to wear glasses. So yeah, thank you. So uh, my old photo was uh, when my eyes were okay and I could still read. So my arms were long enough to read stuff. You know, so uh, anyway, things change, don't they? And uh, none of us are getting any younger. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that true? Um, well, there we go. Um, well, I'd like you to turn uh, with me to the book of Genesis 
today. I'm conscious I've been preaching a lot out of the book of Genesis. If, if you've just joined us, we do preach out of other books. Um, we do, I do preach out of the New Testament. I love the New Testament. I love the Gospels. Uh, we've just partly, it's been where I've been in my devotions in the summer, but also for Esther and myself over the summer, we're really just praying, where are we as a church? And, and we felt this word, this, this passage we're going to turn to today from the end of Genesis 11 was was really an articulation of where we are right now in this, in this season as a church. And uh, this is a text that has in some ways become a significant message in my life, almost like a life message, a message I've preached here before from this text. And uh, last week, as, as you turned to Genesis 11, you heard Esther talk about our purpose as a church, which we've articulated as to bring the kingdom of God which is the ways of the Lord Jesus, his life and his love and his gospel, his truth, his power, to bring the kingdom, the rule and the reign of the king into every life and sphere of society. And that, that doesn't happen, it, well, it happens partly in this room, but moreover, it happens out of this room when the people of God, uh, all of you and us, we're in the places of influence and connection through the week, and we are those that can shine the light. We believe that's how the kingdom of God Comes, But we also believe we're in a season, which about a year ago, we felt the Lord speak to us, brought us back to a text that's been preached many times over this house, enlarge the place of your tent, but a sense the Lord saying, strengthen your stakes, uh, put your, your tent pegs deep. And this sense of to go deeper into God and deeper into discipleship. And the last 12 months, a lot of it's been about going deeper. And, but also, stretch your tent curtains wide to, to reach wider. We've been pushing the envelope on mission. It's been so exciting through, through this last year. It's where we've been. And yet, the, the point today is that as we come before the Lord and we talk about the language of vision at this time, our vision remains to, to bring the kingdom into every life and sphere of society. But also the season remains the season that we've got to keep going deeper, reaching wider. So it's, it's not about a new word. I, I love it when we get a new word. Who loves a new word? But sometimes it's, it's not a new word, it's the same word. It's the same revelation and the prayer is, Lord, help us to keep going. So the title of my message today is Don't Settle Part Way. Don't Settle Part Way. And if you feel like you know this text and this message, like me, I invite you to come to it today with an openness of heart and a fresh expectation. This is what the Bible says from Genesis 11:31, reading through to 12:5. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram, and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. The Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they'd acquired in Haran, they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. Or as the message puts it, they arrived safe and sound. This is the word of the Lord. 
thanks be to God. It's, you know, the, the, the big idea of this message and this passage is that, that the word of the Lord, somehow a call had come to Terah, Abraham's father, to set out. And the Bible tells us really clearly where they set out from and where they were headed to. So they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. It's about a thousand mile journey on foot. It's, it's like setting out from Coventry to Barcelona. But Haran is, it's about 600 miles. They, they made an incredible start, but they settled. And the Bible says they, they settled in Haran, and, and that was where Terah died. There was something of a setting out that they, they never completed. I'm, I'm sure we've all been guilty of starting things we haven't finished. Hello? I was, I remember, I, I was the last year of O-Levels. I'm, I'm really confessing how old I am I today. The, um, the, uh, I was the last year of, of O-Levels, and I remember at my, at my school, um, there were a, a lot of people, if they went on to some of the, the better universities, a, a lot of them, when they'd done their O-Levels, well, if they did their A-Levels, in their A-Level year, their first A-Level year, they took, there was an, an O-Level you could do as like an extra, which was Latin, and, and I thought, right, I'm going to aspire to do the best I can do. And I embarked on O-level Latin in one year. I mean, it was so unnecessary. It was so extra. And it was so hard. I mean, has, 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 anyone, has anyone done Latin? Woo! Wow, that's a lot of people. That's more than I thought. I, I, I set out. I set out from the start to get an O-level. But I settled part way. I came, I was like, I, I am not doing that. I am not putting myself through this much pain. Why? You, you know, why are you doing this to yourself? But the thing was, there's only one other person that enrolled. It was just me and Christine. That was it. And I not only had to break it to Mrs. Sweetland, I had to break it to Christine. I'm out. <laughs> and guess what? Because I was out, Christine was out. She was like, I'm not doing this by myself. And so Mrs. Sweetland was heartbroken. She was passionate about Latin. I literally, like, I went to her house. I took her a box of chocolates. I felt so bad. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe you started something didn't finish. I don't know if there's any DIY projects. <laughs> any, any, any husbands getting a dig in the ribs right now. That thing we started. I don't know if anybody's ever set out on a diet. And settled part way. <laughs> Sean's still going. It's unbelievable. You should see some pictures of Sean. I, I have never remember him being as massive as his pictures. I'm sure he stretched them. <laughs> but like he's gone so thin in the last year or so. It's just kept going. Awesome. I don't know. Anyone ever set out on the gym? Signed up for gym membership. Even written out for yourself. This is what I'm going to do. Has anyone done that and settled part way? Somehow it, it never quite carried on. But you know, in the kingdom, it's, you know, let, let me just say this. Uh, here's to those who set out. Better to set out than never set out, right? Here's to those who set out. But, but really, the call in the kingdom is not just to set out, it's to keep going. It's to press on. Paul, at the end of his life, he He'd endured so many hardships and persecutions, the pressure, imprisonment, and he never gave up, and he led, and he persevered, he preached, he stayed true to his call. 
Others may have wavered, but he kept going. And near the end of his life, 2 Timothy 4, he says, And the time for my departure is near. He knew. And he said, I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. And there is in store for me a crown of righteousness. I, I, we don't know what caused Terah to settle. Maybe, maybe they just initially needed a break. Maybe somebody was, was ill and they needed time to recover. I, I don't know. Maybe somebody had a baby and they needed to stop for a bit. Maybe they got weary. Maybe they just set up camp and it was just such a lovely spot. They decided to stay a while, and you know, sometimes weeks can turn to months, and months can turn to years, and kids become teenagers, and teenagers become adults, and you know, the place is called Haran, which in, in this version that was on the screen, there's a change in the spelling, in the original, there's no spelling between the, the son of Terah, who had died, Haran, and the place, and I don't know whether they settled there, and they, it became a memory, maybe it was a place of pain, sometimes I don't know that, but you know, sometimes we can, we can get stuck in pain, and we set out on something, and we, we stall because we hit tough times, or something can cause us pain, and we, can, we didn't intend to settle, but we, we stop, we pull back, we withdraw from the person we set out to be, the journey of faith we set out to go on, and maybe we don't get going again, but you know, the, the Bible says that Terah died there. Let me say this, you, you won't feel it in the moment, but ultimately you'll die in the place where you settle. You can carry a dream or a destiny. You can hit a challenge or a roadblock, a setback, and settle for a time. But if, if you don't ever prayerfully move forward again, then, then that dream will begin to die. That, that destiny will begin to die. My friends, if we carry a vision and a heart for anything, significant, anything worth living and dying for, it will become tough. We will hit challenges. This is life. It's also the path of those who walk in faith. And I pray that this word might speak personally to some of us, but really I want to apply this mostly to us as a church in this season. You know, CLM, we've, we've set out. Hello? As a church, we've, we've set out. This is not a church where, where we've just kind of doing services. We've, we've set out on an audacious dream that God would use us. It was just seven, nearly eight years ago, Esther and myself, we, we'd been invited privately to, to come and bring leadership here, but we'd, we didn't know if the Lord was actually asking us to do so. And I actually spoke out of this text on that, on that morning. We came as visitors in the January. And you know, we, we didn't know if we were going to play our part here in what God was doing, but, but the Lord clearly, He showed me something, a call on this house, a prophetic apostolic call. You know, the, I don't know, there was perhaps about 300 people here in the church that day, maybe a few more, I'm not sure. But I sensed on this house a call to be a blessing to the nations. And I prophesy this, this Abraham promise that over oh, this house and these people here, I, we didn't believe it was a, about us or about anyone else. It was like God had marked something out like he marked Abram out and said, from this house, I'm going to bless even the nations. I sensed in my spirit God wanted to do something here to, to bring genuine impact, leading to transformation in this city and region, to be an influence in the nation. 
And our coming was, was really a response to, to God, a response to his leading. And we came and the generation before that had set out on a journey of faith, we continued to set out. And it's amazing, the last seven years, uh, we've seen what, what has happened as a community. We've, we've enlarged three or four times in size. We've, we've seen hundreds over those few years, hundreds give their lives to Jesus and hundreds baptized. On, on Friday night, uh, there was a, a gospel call in our youth meeting. I understand 17 young people responded, many for the first time to Jesus. That's just Friday just gone. It's amazing. We've played our part in an incredible unity movement, a move of God in our city, bringing churches together to transform the city. We've seen the, the strengthening of our ministries and the, the raising of passionate teams to, to serve. We've, we've invested in discipleship across all ages. Seen the impacting of hundreds of children's lives, hundreds of young people, hundreds of young adults, literally thousands of hours of prayer, much with fasting. We played a key part in, in drawing the churches together in the city to pray. And when we talk in other places about city praise and prayer, like people go, that's amazing what God is doing here. It's been such a privilege. We've mobilized recently a prayer army. So not a day goes by here without the people of God and the work of God is covered in prayer. We've given tens, maybe we need to work it out, hundreds of thousands of pounds away to mission. And we've relentlessly prioritized Christ-centered community. This is how we believe God designed his church to be. We've seen two life groups become 40 life groups and growing. We've inputted into hundreds of leaders in this house seeking to grow and equip. And we've begun to reach out into schools, Bars Hill Mission, just before the summer, into communities and neighborhoods our universities, care homes, through our partner projects and through young adults and synergy and life groups, personally. We've seen individuals and families reach. We've played our part, along with other churches here, in helping the homeless and those in social isolation, refugees, the sick, the poor, the vulnerable, those in debt, those, those who've been human trafficked and need rescuing. We've gone to double in our morning services and we've launched the six. And so much of this has been made possible, even in the last three years, with the, the faithful response of God's people to, to give and help release some of the finance so we can push the vision forward. And we thank God. Sometimes we're, we're too close up to it to notice. It's just how it rolls. But we set out and by the grace of God, he's building his church here and we're a part of it. And we love the wider church and we honor the wider church in our city, but it's amazing. And yet the point is that, that where we are today, this wasn't it. We thank God for the journey, but, but this is not it. It's not like let's freeze here. There are 350,000 people in Coventry, most of whom still don't know Jesus. This is, this is not it. Let's not think this is it. And just, you know, if for you coming, coming to a church service, that's it. That's not it. You know, I don't know how you've been recently. I, I found myself moved in a way I haven't done for many years, seeing the news recently, seeing the carnage in our parliament, the, houses of, the House of Commons, a place founded on Christian principle. You walk into that building, there's gospel text all over that place. 
and seeing the brokenness of where we are. We're sick. We're sick as a nation. And we need Jesus. And we mustn't settle here. This wasn't it. And maybe some of you personally, maybe you set out. Maybe a dream in your heart. Maybe a, a call on your life. Maybe the Lord would come today and stir your heart. I want us to notice three things, if we might, about the man of God, Abraham. He made a choice. And firstly, he chose call over comfort. He, he chose call over comfort. The Lord speaks to him. Go from your country, your people, your father's household to the land that I will show you. You know, he, he had to leave something to press on to where God wants us to go. We're going to have to leave something. Leave the comfort of today, the comfort of our norm, the, the comfort, oh, so often, you know, our society is, is almost shaped around comfort. It, not almost. <laughs> Being corrected on the front row. No, it actually is. <laughs> it is. I'm not just talking about DFS adverts. Like our, our whole society is geared towards comfort. But thank God that Jesus left his place. He responded to the greatest call. He left the, if I can call it, comfort of the highest place and came to the lowest place. And he calls those of us who follow him to be people of call, not comfort. Hebrews tells us that Abraham lived in tents, a stranger in a foreign land. He left all that was familiar and safe. He left the, the comfort of the settlement he'd made in Haran. He left his father's household, probably his aging mother, certainly his father's bones, knowing he'd probably never return. I remember seven years ago when, when we left Nottingham. It's a place we'd been, I'd been for about 30 years and you don't always realize how deep your roots have gone until the Lord pulls them up. And the, the comfort, the safety, we weren't expecting to leave. And we got a phone call to meet with the national leader of AOG here in this building for a cup of coffee. That's what I came for. I came for a cup of coffee. And he said, one of you, you and Esther, to pray about coming and leading this house. I remember driving back and there was a sense of God even then. And I was, it was like, oh, my days. I remember driving around. We lived on this little crescent and... And our boys were probably about 10 and 8 at that time. They were playing football in the street with the boy over the road. And it was all so cozy and so comfortable. But a call came. And we had to make a decision. Are we going to serve the call of God or are we going to respond to comfort? In the last three years, like so many of you, in these special vision offerings that have so unlocked what we've been able to push forward in, been so critical and we've had to listen for God's voice, allow him to speak to us. And we've had to choose call over comfort, responding to what he's called us to do in the moment. But also the wider call on the house and believe that we're playing our little part in it. And there's no question the progress we've made has been directly linked to that. And I believe prayer and fasting is two major keys in this house. Some of you will have spoken to Ben Savjani, over the last few weeks, who was back, some of you know Ben, he was here in this church in his teenage years and part of our youth group, friends with some of the, the guys here. Uh, went off to London, London School of Economics, did an economics degree, massive earning potential. And he's just gone to uh, one of the most unreached countries 
in the world that for the podcast I mustn't even name. And he's gone to learn a language that he doesn't know. And he's ready to, to be homesick and he's ready to be isolated. And he's ready and he's, he's put his life down. He said, I want to serve Jesus. I, I talked with him just before I went. What an honor to pray with a young man who's he's ready to die for Jesus if, he's, if he, that call comes to his life. And I, I said to him, what's the dream? And he said, well, really, if, if God would let me, I would love to take the gospel to the most unreached people on the planet. Wow. What an inspiration. The call over the comfort. And our friends in Saudi Arabia, where God continues to move, our, our dear brother Teklu in Ethiopia that some of you rem remember, says when he head as, heads off to some of the places where they send missionaries, he says goodbye to his wife in a way that they know they may not see each other again. And although to this day they have done, they realize it could be goodbye and see you on the other side because they're ready to lay their lives down. The Lord might be speaking to some people right now, a stirring to leave something, a prophetic call. For most of us, it's going to be to, to stay here as part of what God's doing here in this city and this house and play our part on our watch. But we still have to respond to call and not comfort. So easy for comfort to, to creep in. And we, as we put in this booklet, even in the next year, we know we have to prioritize healthy church. We want this to be a place that is healthy. People come in and they, they feel the love of God. They know the authenticity of, of healthy relationships. It's a place where the Spirit of God is that's, that's founded in, in prayer, where prayer is a priority and Christ-centered community. The things we believe in are here. This is a healthy place where hope is real. But also we keep going deeper. And we thank God for discipleship. We thank God for all that is going on. Student Connect starting back on, on Tuesday. And, you know, the Lord is moving. And we're so grateful. We'll start next year with 21 days of prayer and fasting again. And believe to go deeper. Believe the Lord's going to lead us into a, a season of, of building on a strength of high praise in this place. Into an intimacy in worship that's, that's somewhere we've, we've not been often corporately at. We see and sense a season ahead of us coming, taking us deeper into him, a, a formalization of a discipleship growth track to help everyone move forward, the, the bringing of churches together next June to prayer walk our whole city, not, not, not just for the exercise, not to get your steps up, but to see the transformation, the heavens open over our city. We've got to dig a deeper well. To gather some people in, in your spheres of influence where you, where you work. We want to keep reaching wider. Bringing the gospel to thousands of people around our lives. With courage and boldness and joy. No friends, we've got one shot. We're excited about doing a big weekend in. Not just for our young adults, but for the whole church. Coming together and, and being inspired to, to reach those in need and then going out in teams. I don't know if we'll wear, wear red t shirts or what, but I kind of got this vision of hundreds of red t shirts heading out from this place and, and impacting the city. And people going, Who are they? What's going on? I'm excited about it. It'd be amazing. We're believing to send our, our first, in certainly this last season, overseas missions team beginning with Lebanon, preparing for. Higher, higher tour in schools later in the year. But friends, there's, there's a wider call, but we've got to make sure we don't settle part way.
We don't get lost in comfort. Secondly, Abraham chose faith over fear. Genesis simply puts it, he, so he went as the Lord told him. Hebrews 11 says, by faith. Can we all say by faith? By faith, Abraham, when called to go to the place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. So the Lord, I mean, it says that they were going to Canaan, but he didn't even know how to get there. He's on this journey of faith. And if you were to tell me you know, exactly what's this church going to look like in 10 years, I don't know. We're just following the architect and the builder. But he knows. He didn't know where he was going. For those who don't settle part way, it will always be a journey of faith. It will always be a journey of faith. If you're going to be someone that, that sets your heart on not settling, but, but possessing everything God has for you, it will always require faith. It's gone very quiet. There, there should be an amen, because it, it, will, it will always require faith. They turn to your neighbor and say, it will always require faith. It will always require faith. You know, I don't know if, if you were Abraham and, and the Bible says that God told him to go to a land that he would show him. Don't you think you'd have said, well, can't you show me now? Imagine him saying to you, I want you to pack up everything that you own and go to the airport because you're going to go somewhere for the rest of your lives. You will never come back to this country. And when you get, I will show you where you are going. You know, who'd like a little more information? Like, I mean, is it east or west? I mean, throw me a bone here, Lord. You know, just help me out. The Bible says he didn't know where he was going. And the what-ifs can creep in. How's it going to work out? Where will we live? How will the bills be paid? What if we get lost? What if we take a wrong turn? What if we can't find pasture for the animals, Lord? What if we get attacked, Lord? What if it all goes wrong, Lord? Has anyone ever asked that? But Lord, but Lord... But Lord, what if, Lord? He knows. But he invites us on a journey of faith where we don't know even though he knows. Even naturally, people tend to play it too safe. There was a survey of 80-year-olds. And one of the top things they said, looking back on their lives, that they wished they'd done more of was take more risks. And I know some people are reckless and don't really think about things. But most of us, we're, we're more cautious by disposition, but you know, faith is the currency of heaven. Without faith, the Bible says, it's impossible to please God. We have to be willing to trust him. We've got to trust him. Don't go if he doesn't speak to you. Don't act if he doesn't lead you. But if he does, you've got to go even if you don't know how it's all going to work out. This is the journey of faith. This is the people of faith. This is how we please him. This is the life he calls us to. And let me remind you that he arrived safe and sound. This is what God does. It's how God works in our lives. I want to honor this congregation from the youngest to the oldest over the last few years. We set out on this journey of faith, 2016, where we had a almost a 1.8 million pound debt on this building that was just hurting the vision. We were just unable to make the steps forward. We were terribly understaffed for what we were trying to do and it wasn't sustainable or, or wise. And it was just, a, it was like a roadblock. And we came and we, you know, I I'd, I'd, I'd got friends in their churches bigger and much wealthier than, than ours. 
who'd had vision offerings and you know they, they were really pleased because they'd raised like 13,000 pounds and I was like, look, this isn't gonna make a dent in a 1.8 million pound mortgage. And I remember we just came and those of you there, we, we invited you, we just said, simply to come before God with an open heart, to ask him what is he asking you to give and to have the faith to trust him and step out. And I remember that first year, I remember because the Lord had spoken to Esther and myself to make a five-figure pledge that was beyond how we could see we could fulfill it. And I remember, I remember coming on that first Vision Sunday in 2016, Vision 80 we called it because the church was 80 years. Just give me a wave if you were there there on, on, on that day. And, like, and I remember, because I was excited, we'd, kind of, we'd moved through the agony of, oh, no, Lord, to yes, Lord, we want to do this. And I was excited, but we came, and it was, the atmosphere was really quiet. It was really sober. And I was trying to read what was going on. And I think in hindsight, everyone was just wrestling. Everyone was, was sober because either the Lord had spoken to them or was speaking to them, but it was unusually quiet for us. And I was trying to read the atmosphere and I thought, I thought, nobody's with us. What if this tanks? And we'd, we'd said, we're going to do a live count. We're going to bring our office and then we're going to, we're just going to, we're going to do it. And I remember enjoying the worship the, that morning, first service. And it was there. And I was inside, I was going, oh Lord. I was saying to myself, you idiot. You idiot, what an idiot. What are you doing a live count for? What if it's only our gift and that's it? And a few pence. And I was like, why, do I, why not just be normal, like a normal British pastor who has an offering and goes and counts it in the week and then works out how to announce how much was given. What are you doing? I remember we, we set out and gosh, now, someone had said to me the week before, well, people had said all the way along, what are you believing for? What are you believing for? And I said, I don't know. I don't know. We've not done this before. You know, and people were saying, oh, you know, what about this? I was saying, look, this is Coventry. No, Pastor Dom, oh, you can do this. I was like, that's not Singapore. It's like, oh, this is Coventry. I was like, I don't know what. And they would say, what are you believing for? I don't know. And the week before, someone said to me, a leader in the city, they said, oh, here you've got this vision Sunday. He said, what are you believing for? I said, don't know. And he said, quarter of a million. I said, quarter of a million pounds. If we could raise God, I'd be so happy. I'd be amazed. Amazed. Remember, end of that first service, 240,000 pounds with another service to go. I said, God, we're out. We stepped out. We stepped out. I want to honor those of you who have been on that journey breaking that 400,000 pounds in that second service. There was a guy, I didn't even think he was born again, and he literally was jumping for joy. You know, that's a biting memory for me of that morning. Guy back there. Like, I, honestly, his wife was a Christian. I didn't think he was saved. Or maybe he wasn't. He is now, but he was, he was, he was so excited. I was like, woo! It's amazing. But do you know what? It's, it's helped us move forward. But I wanna, it's been a journey of faith. It's, we've had to overcome faith, not fear. But you know, it's, it's actually, it's never been about the mortgage. It's been about the vision. You know, and I believe we can do this. We've got 390,000. We've just got to come. Same approach. The Lord will stir different people. If you've been on this journey, just invite you as, as we are doing to come again and say, Lord, here we are again. It's not comfort, it's call. It's not fear, it's faith. We're going to trust you, Lord. And if you're new to join this journey, one more push, we could do this. 
I tell you, when we clear our debt, we'll have a big party. And then we'll push on because it's not about that. We mustn't settle part way. God has incredible things to do. His dreams for our city, the people he, he longs to reach, the burning heart of God. People that are going to sit among us, saved, whole families redeemed, and we don't know them yet, but he sees them. Communities, schools, I believe God's going to break out a move of the Holy Spirit in schools and, and university faculties, seeing the, the power of God break out. People get healed. Teachers and lecturers unable to hold back the work of God. I believe God wants to do something so incredible in our day that only he can get the glory for it. But you know, it's, it's also about positioning because when Abraham came through to, to Canaan, there in a new place, God spoke to him about some things he hadn't spoken to him about before. And I believe some of this journey of the last years is about positioning. Even now, having conversations, people are coming talking to us about things beyond Coventry, about getting involved in different things, how we can help, how we can spread out. We're going, oh God, we just want to obey you. What's on your heart, Lord? And I believe some of this is about positioning. We're going to hit a season where actually the Lord invites us to do something that we haven't seen yet. And we go, Lord, thank God that we obeyed you because we'd never been able to take this step if you hadn't positioned us for here. That's the journey of faith. We have to set out not knowing where we're going, but trusting him. This is how God works. Thirdly and finally, he chose tomorrow over today. The Lord told Abraham to finish the journey that they'd started, set out on all those years ago. And then he says, I'll, I'll make you a great nation and I'll bless you. I'll make your name great and you'll be a blessing. I'll, I'll, I'll bless those who bless you. I curse those who curse you. And this is all, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. As we heard a couple of weeks ago, I'm sure Abraham had no idea how God was planning to use him. God saw every generation. He saw Isaac and Jacob and the, the sons of Jacob and he saw Judah and he saw the house of Jesse and David and the line of David and the coming of the eternal word that became flesh and he saw you and he saw me and he saw the billions of believers on the earth and he speaks to Abraham. You know, there's generations that, but Abraham, he set out choosing tomorrow over today the comfort of where he was and said, Lord, I, I'm gonna do what you asked me to do. And the Lord did something through him in the tomorrows of his life that he would never have conceived. And maybe from a, a vantage point in heaven, Abraham sees the friend of God. But he never saw it in his lifetime because God was working to the generations. I thank God for the faithful believers here in 1937 who bought some land in the middle of the economic depression and put a building, I think we can see it, this you see it in our lobby, that initial hall. The believers who stepped out, they stepped out in the middle of an economic depression and they chose tomorrow over today. And we're here because they made us, because they set out. And the subsequent generations who, who bought four separate parcels of land that gives us our footprint here, which really in the scheme of the earth is not a lot. But in those generations, they, they bought a bit more because they were choosing tomorrow over today, there today. And it's our watch. We have to choose tomorrow over today and say, Lord, whatever you want us to do. He's the architect and he's the builder. Thousands that 
the Lord is looking to save places in our city and our nation where God is looking to position people and break in and break out. Tables for people to sit at. Influence, families to redeem. What will we choose with our lives, church? Will we choose comfort over call? Will we choose fear over faith? Will we choose today over tomorrow? Will we keep setting out? And I wanna urge us to be a people that keep setting out. It says, who are we gonna be? We might not be the smartest. We might not be the wealthiest, but we're gonna trust God greatly. And we'll be the best that we can be. We're gonna set our hearts on pilgrimage and we're gonna determine to be a people of faith and not of fear. We're gonna determine to respond to the call of God. Is this who we're gonna be, church? It's who I wanna be. It's what we pray for this community to be. And I wonder if we can stand together and let's begin to pray as we come to a close of this service. Why don't the band come and join our Jew here? Lord Jesus, we thank you you left the highest place. Thank you you chose call over comfort. Thank you you chose us. I just invite you to begin to pray where you are. Maybe you set out, maybe the Lord would speak to some people on a personal level. Maybe a call, you've carried a call on your life and something's caused you to settle. Maybe it's not a settling out of comfort, but it's just halted your journey and, and you're almost in trying to deal with that. You've been happy to stay, but today the Spirit of God would speak to you and call you forward and say it's time to set out again. And you don't know what it looks like and you don't know how you can make it, but you can't resist the Holy Spirit drawing you and pulling on you. Say, will you set out for me? I want to say to you, if that's you, don't settle part way. Don't settle part way, but trust God. And all you need to do in this moment is say, Lord, I'm willing. Here I am, send me. I wonder across this room if we can just respond in that kind of a way. Here I am, send me, Lord. Use me, use my life. You might feel like you're in your, your twilight years and you think, I don't know how the Lord can use me. That's not your problem. Just an openness of heart say, Lord, here I am. I want to invite you right across this room. The Spirit of God is in this place, stirring hearts. Say, Lord, use me. Let my faith please you, Lord. Let me be a person that responds to your call should it come my way. invite you where you are to begin to pray where you are. Maybe it's gently, quietly, but out loud, just begin to lift voices right across this room. Just saying, Lord, here I am. I'm ready to set out again, or I'm, I'm willing to keep setting out, Lord. I position myself to be a person of call and a person of faith, to go where you want me to go, to do what you want me to do. Here I am, Lord. And He sees you. And He knows you. I want to pray for us as a church. If you're here and 
might be your very first time here, welcome. Great to have you among us. And the Lord may even settle you here. But if you know you're here and you're willing in this season, as long as you be here, to be a part of the journey, to say, Lord, help me play my part in this house, that the call on this house will be fulfilled. I just wonder if you'd raise your hand with me. You'd just say, Lord, I'm, I'm here. Use me. I'm going to pray. God, I pray you would help us. Help this community, Lord, to bring honor to your name. And I pray, God, here in this house and on this site, you would raise up a great people of faith, that we would be a body, a people of faith that would not only set out, but would keep going. You'd help us not to settle part way when challenges come, when setbacks come, to trust you and to hold your hand and to keep going and moving forward. Say, Lord, our lives are not our own. And Lord, that through us, you would do everything that is in your heart. Lord, I pray, would you help us, help us in this season. Oh God Almighty. Let your name be honored here, we pray. In Jesus' name.